I'd like to move on to our next speaker, who is Sally Weintraub. And Sally is a fellow of the British Psychoanalytic Society, and she's currently writing on the culture of uncare that promotes disavowal of climate change. And she edited and contributed to this uh, fabulous compilation of different writers, uh, which was published about four years ago, Engaging with Climate Change, Psychoanalytic and Interdisciplinary Perspectives. And you can find some of her talks on her website if you Google Sally Weintraub, you'll find it. <coughs> so you're going to talk about the culture of uncare. Uh, yes, and in, in, indirectly, and indirectly. mental health and indirectly. climate change. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm going to argue that climate change is a symptom of a much deeper problem affecting mental health. I believe to understand the impacts of climate change on mental health, we need to start with this deeper problem. And I argue that it is that a ruthless, uncaring mindset in a position of uh, power is running the global economy. The problem is not globalization as such. As economist Thomas Piketty has pointed out, we need global trade. The problem is not capitalism as such. History shows us examples of ruthless uncare in other forms of governance. While the uncaring mindset currently shows up glaringly with neoliberal capitalism and with right-wing politics, it does not go deep enough to think the problem can be addressed by just overturning either. Unless frameworks of care are put in place that are robust enough to hold avaricious greed for power and money in check, we will not address the problem of climate change or its mental health impacts. Those in the uncaring mindset falsely believe that they can ride roughshod over reality when reality gets in their way. Climate change, it's a hoax, or it's tomorrow's problem, easily solvable uh, with quick techno fixes or setting false targets that are setting targets that are not going to be met. But the Earth, as we know, follows the laws of physics, not people's wishes. The Earth has limits, as, our, as the donut uh, illustration showed this morning. Ignore that reality, and the planetary systems that support life tip into instability. <coughs> People have also, also have limits, and ignore that reality, and social systems tip into instability. Global warming increases survival anxieties that, in turn, can lead to further denial of global warming. And here we have a potential for a negative feedback loop between planetary and social systems leading to increasing instability in both. This is the terrible cost of ignoring reality and charging through the red lights of what planet and people can stand. The uncaring political and corporate mindset has worked tirelessly, economically, politically, legally and culturally to undermine the frameworks of care that were put in place after the Second World War to keep uncare in check. The result has been global warming, the financial crash in 2008 that left six million Americans turned out of their homes, 
the outsourcing of the Global North's factories to countries where labour was cheapest and regulation lightest. The uncaring mindset is unmoved by suffering and unconcerned about consequences, and that makes it morally unsupportable, unsustainable and dangerous. It sees profit on the one side of the scale and suffering, death and destruction on the other side, and it finds that profit outweighs the suffering. Here is just one example of how people in the grip of this mindset think. Well, I know there's convincing evidence that crop pesticides called neonicotinoids are killing bees by causing bee colonies to collapse. I know the, words, but the world's food supply depends on bees. Without bees, people will not have enough food to eat. Well, it's a no-brainer. Sell, sell the product, relentlessly pressure governments to resist their, uh, that, that resist their sale, and let the bees die. Where's the profit in taking care? Of course, I'm not just talking about bees. This mindset eyes everything up solely in terms of how it can best be exploited, and I mean everything. The world and all the people and animals in it are seen as uh, nothing uh, but an idealised breast toilet mother, inexhaustibly and endlessly supplying and absorbing all the waste. This mindset views care as its enemy because care is a major threat to profit. I suggest it's the biggest threat to profit that there is. Those in the mindset act with the resolve and precision of military generals on the lookout for any outbreak of too much care because that would threaten their power base. When in touch with our caring part, we feel morally troubled and conflicted to find ourselves caught up in globalization's overarching framework of uncare. We mind that we live in a way that is carbon intensive, that pollutes the air, that depends on low wages abroad and zero hours at home, and that makes us complicit in wide-scale suffering of farm animals. We feel grief and remorse at the damage done to people, to the planet, and also to ourselves with this way of carrying on. We feel guilty about our complicity and about what we're leaving our children and our grandchildren to cope with. In the neoliberal era, trillions of dollars have been spent on undermining the part of us that cares. Indeed, a main aim, I suggest, of our dominant culture has been to uncare us through political framing, media, and advertising. If people were basically uncaring by nature, this money would not need to have been spent and it would not have been spent. It's been spent as the necessary price to pay uh, for a damaging business to continue as usual. And attacking care is written off in this mindset as a business expense. People are basically moral and cooperative, and they care about others, their immediate families and other people in society and across the world. They have bedrock ideals of good and right behaviour. An ancient Greek word for these bedrock ideals is themis, meaning what's right, proper and customary. The trouble with the new global economy, the, with the way the new global economy is structured, is that it is violating themis. The culture has sought to weaken themis, i.e. to demoralise people. Uh, to separate them from their morals. 
is what uh, this meaning of demoralisation is. And in the short time I have here, I'll focus on just one form of demoralisation, which is telling lies. We've been consistently lied to about the world we live in by the media, political framing, advertising and general culture. The scale of the damage done to people and planet in this era has been kept out of sight and kept secret. Globalisation is presented to us as the American beauty rose when the reality is that this neoliberal variety is unethical, malodorous and when allowed to spread unchecked, dangerous to life. Disavowal of this reality has been heavily promoted across the board by our culture. Disavowal is essentially the corruption of truth. It is where a problem is acknowledged, but it's minimised and or normalised or presented as easily solvable with quick fixes. And one form of disavowal I want to highlight that our culture offers us is that our culture, I suggest, encourages us to believe that we can live without experiencing the pain of moral struggle and conflict. The culture helps us progressively to lose touch with that unhappy fact about ourselves as humans, which is that we are divided creatures uh, between a caring part and an uncaring part, and our caring side forever struggles with our uncaring side. This struggle is what makes us human, and by which I mean moral, and I also mean feeling alive. We've been told in all kinds of ways that we're entitled, because special, not to have to suffer frustration and inner moral conflict. And to the extent that we are seduced by this and go along with this lie, we have drifted into being more experience light, L-I-T-E, and information light, L-I-T-E. Deep down, however, our caring reality-based self grows increasingly anxious. It is traumatic to be lied to. It erodes trust that one can arrive at a truthful picture. And without the truth to start from, there's no basis for goodness and for care. People want to express their care. And caring and feeling cared for are deep human needs. Being misled about what is wrong is a terrible attack on our caring moral part. Another terrible thing I suggest about being lied to by leadership <coughs> is it makes us feel traumatically abandoned and not related to. Bob Dylan's song of lost love, Be Honest With Me, has in it the line, some things are too terrible to be true. Bob cannot move on from a woman despite knowing how badly she treated him and despite knowing the relationship is bad for him and it's over. Uh, this not being able to move on is what for Bob is too terrible to be true. And he says, he sings, the meat is so tough you can't cut it with a sword. I'm crashing my car trunk first into the boards. I'm stark naked but I don't care. I'm off into the woods, I'm hunting bear. I suggest this song speaks to our feelings about our current economic model that puts profit ahead of people and planet with such ruthless single-mindedness. Uh, its way and the consequences that stem from it are too terrible to be true. 
Bob is singing about a hard reality that he feels directly. G.K. Chesterton said, reality is strange, strong meat. He meant reality can be hard to take in and it needs digestion, time and chewing over. But understanding how this mindset operates is more like trying to eat meat so tough you can't cut it with a sword. Bob Dylan states his problem as, I can't tell my heart that you're no good. And this expresses for me so well the problem that we face. Many of us now see much more clearly that the global economy is not working, its drivers have no interest in ordinary people, and it is heading us towards instability in the physical and the social climate. We see its ugly face more clearly. We see how cold-hearted, calculating, and indifferent to suffering this mindset is. We know we need change. We know that change involves us too. We know we need to mourn so that we can move on. But can we tell our hearts that this economic system is no good? What stops our hearts, which means the part of us that cares, from knowing this system is no good and that we need to fight for change in whatever way we can before it's too late? Why can't we tell our hearts that neoliberal policies are no good? Why can't we see more clearly uh, that the view of ourselves as not having to suffer moral conflict uh, is, an un is an unreal, idealised view. There are many reasons why we find it so hard to, hard to tell our hearts this system is no good. One, I suggest, is that we like to think the uncaring mindset is just out there in others. But I suggest until we recognise it as part of ourselves, we will be unable to separate ourselves from it and move on. And here we find the culture is not on our side. It says, no need to struggle. You are exempt from struggling. Stay experienced light. Don't search for real news and real understanding of politics or of the self. Another reason we find it so hard to tell ourselves that this system <coughs> is no good is things have got so terrible that to look at them squarely can now feel traumatic. To see what the neoliberal age has brought us to can be to experience both PTSD and what's being called moral injury. These states have been most closely followed in soldiers. PTSD, and there's no time to go into it, and you, Lisa, referred to it, uh, is largely a fear response to loss of safety. That's how I'm introducing it. Soldiers suffering from PTSD often learn to cope by screening themselves from disturbing experience, i.e. by living in a kind of bubble. Moral injury is about loss of trust in oneself, in others, in the military, uh, and sometimes in the nation one once thought highly of and wanted to serve. Moral injury involves violation of themis, that sense of what's right and proper that one's got oneself implicated in. Both PTSD and moral injury are severe traumas. With PTSD, your world is no longer safe. With moral injury, you are no longer in a moral universe. And very often, these two traumas go together with the two most basic frameworks of care, safety and trust, broken. Through lying to us so consistently, our culture is trauma-inducing, I suggest, leaving us both fearful of survival and with our trust broken. 
and recognizing and allowing ourselves to suffer both traumas is the first step in the healing process. But as Bob Dylan indicates, it may leave us processing, feeling, processing feelings that are terrible to bear. Thank you. Sally, thank you so much for a very different kind of presentation to Lisa's, but I felt profoundly complimentary and very complimentary to the whole conference, actually, as a, as a whole.